welcome to the voice of Gen Suite. I'll be your host for this episode, one of the marketers here in the Cincinnati office, John Kincaid. For this final episode of the year, I'm happy to have on three incredible leaders from the Gen Suite team. We have Executive Vice President and Customer Development Officer Natasha Porter, Vice President and Corporate Strategy Executive Donovan Hornsby, and our founder and CEO, Arma Kund. I know December has been a really busy month for you all, but I'm very happy that you can all make it out for this episode. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing the past year of 2018, what accomplishments and goals that we've reached, as well as looking to the future of 2019. So Suite has been around for over 20 years now, and you three have all been here every step of the way. What do you think has made 2018 stand out from those previous years? Well, thanks, John. This is Armukund, and thrilled to be here on this uh, podcast and the Voice of Gen Suite uh, final episode of 2018. Um, it's incredible to think that we are coming up on the end of 2018, which really marks, as you mentioned, um, our 21st year really cover, you know, spanned two decades of when we started out on this mission of taking what is essentially, you know, a best practice based solution and building it into a platform that can be used by a broad, diverse range of companies. It's been a bit of a sort of a labor of love in some cases, uh, I would say. Um, but what felt different about 2018 is I feel like we we hit a critical mass. And you know, a couple months ago, we were at the NAEM conference. Um, we had almost 50 people over at dinner joining us. Um, and it really felt like we had, we've achieved in part that mission. At least we are getting some recognition within our professional community, the environmental health and safety sustainability community, that what we are putting together collectively, it's not just us, it's us and our subscribers and all the champions who've been working with us for the last 20 years, that we're making a difference on this landscape. And so that, to me, that's the high level, big, big feel for why 2018 feels different. And I think what's been exciting to see in that story is that the solutions and best practice tools apply for a single facility all the way up to a global enterprise-wide business or corporation. I think the GenSuite offering really has been able to touch a wide um, variety of different types of entities and operations globally over the past 20 years. Yeah, true. And thanks, John, for opportunity to join the team here. This is Donovan. Um, you know, I think to build on Natasha's point and McQuinn's point there, I think one thing that we've seen in our conversations with the existing subscribers and new ones that we've signed on this year, a whole bunch of them, is that there's always been this desire, this appetite for um, a system that's truly comprehensive and, and can get them away from this patchwork of systems uh, that they've struggled with for years, whether it's homegrown or something that they've had off you know, third-party market. Um, and they finally found that in Gen Suite, and I think we're seeing um, us, you know, turn that into something for reality for these folks. And it's exciting to see the new energy, um, the new ideas and innovation that they're going to bring to the broader subscriber community. Yeah, and to continue on your point, Donovan, I think really that the the the, the secret sauce, if you will, uh, for all our subscribers and all 75 of them who have joined us in the last 11 months. Um, you know, to get us well over the 200 subscriber mark today, is that it's, you know, that comprehensiveness, the best practice out of the box capabilities, um, and the third, which is really the part that's missing anywhere else, is that ability to individualize it, to personalize it to your specific needs, 
while still creating and adding and, and expanding that repository of best practice configurations and solutions that represents GenSuite. So part of the reason why two decades later we feel like we crossed a threshold is I think that cumulative aggregate collection of capabilities that we've now built in. And remember, all these capabilities that we add in, we maintain them. We assimilate them into the platform. So it's not a one-off that we're putting out and now it's you know going to be obsolete in three years. You'll have to pay a million bucks to upgrade it. We're going to include it into our base platform. We're going to look to see if there are other companies, other subscribers, other organizations that can benefit from that same type of mindset with perhaps some changes. So that's where the individualization comes in. So you know, it's not customization. It is really about individualization because it is about the fact that companies are, are unique um, and you can go out of the box, but ultimately you have a need to be yourself. That's what, that is your secret sauce as, as a company that's delivering a product or service. Your secret sauce is being able to put that better than anybody else. And we want to be your partner in enabling you to, to do that. So I feel like part of why, why we are where we are is we've been able to take that and, and make it work within the context of what people are looking for. A comprehensive solution, best practice out of the box, but hey, I want it to be mine, you know? And where's that third part? And in most cases, you can get one, two, but never all three. And what I think what we're doing is really working with our, our subscriber group to say, yes, there is a way. And I think we're proving that it is a sustainable way, no pun intended, uh, but it is a sustainable way. It's one that we can deliver. We've been doing it now, you know, on a global market basis since 2011 and uh, successfully. I think a lot of the comments we're getting are reflective of the fact that uh, our, the companies that have implemented GenSuite in the last seven, eight years have really seen the value come out of it. And that's what they're now sharing in the marketplace. And that's what's resulting in the kind of the overwhelming uh, you know, interest that we're seeing in, in GenSuite across a very broad range of companies from really small ones, like you said, a single site that has aspirations of being the best at uh, environmental health and safety, sustainability, quality, any of the other functions we support, all the way out to a, a, you know, a mega enterprise. And uh, it's, it's a thrill to be part of that story. I think the other... Um piece, I guess, of, you know, as you talked, Makund, about GenSuite's Gen secret sauce is the innovation and how we continue to innovate as well. So it's all these best practices that are shared and continue to evolve with our subscriber community. But I think it's also the innovation that um, our team globally and the subscribers bring to the table for the next evolution of GenSuite. So I know what, what's been exciting um, this year for me to be able to see is the work that we've done on GenSuite Analytics, you know, bringing in and integrating uh, Tableau capabilities into GenSuite. Also some of the work that we've done on field service um, dynamic, you know, risk assessment solutions. So going beyond kind of traditional manufacturing operations and providing uh, mobile-based solutions for field service work and the ability for those individuals to engage with other technicians in the field and ensure that they can recognize recognize uh, hazards effectively and get those run through to closure. So I, I want to just share a couple comments on some of those key things related to innovation, but I wanted to also toss it back to McCunn and Donovan to share some thoughts on the innovation thread and some standout things that you guys have seen this year. Yeah, and I think in some cases it's hard for someone to, you know, to hear us talk about innovation, hear our subscribers talk about it. 
But unless you come to our customer conference and feel it and get your hands dirty with it, do you really understand what we're, what we're really accomplishing? And I think for a lot of folks, they hear it as just another marketing promise. But with us, it's always been a very real thing. And you know, I think we'll talk a little bit more about some of those advances with frontier tech and smart tech, as we call it, um, and what we've been able to do there. For sure. Uh, Natasha, you were speaking about the innovations we brought to the table this year. And I think for a lot of our subscribers' perspectives, our virtual assistant, Jenny, is up there as one innovation that stands out from the rest. Uh, what has the response been for Jenny, and what does the future of Jenny look like? Yeah, no, Jenny has been really our darling this year. Um, and it's, it's a funny story because way back, I think, uh, 10 years ago, when we started the GenSuite team, there was a sort of a informal moniker that kicked, what got kicked around where people said, oh, you know, this, uh, the, you know, the Jenny's on the team. And so when we, a couple of years ago, when we started experimenting, and again, this is a great example of innovation, grassroots innovation. Um, you know, it was our customers going back to our conference in 2016 that said, you know, this would be really interesting. You know, that, that's the time when Alexa uh, was, was getting kicked off and we had Siri. And so there was a lot of interest, and we 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 started a little bit of you know trial and error, if you will, in 2016. Fast forward to late 2017, early 2018 was the launch of Jenny, and our Jenny really is uh, our thought being that you know if GenSuite is your management system, it's how you drive your business operations, then there's a huge value in in having a capability that allows you to deliver that management system, which is obviously a bunch of complex business processes, you know, very involved processes and things, procedures that you want people to follow, et cetera, and bring them down to the earth and bring them to the, to the front line where people really care about. So it could be as simple as, and that's why Jenny now, a couple of weeks ago, we, 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 uh, uh, we launched Jenny for SDS. Um, and the idea being that if you are a, a shop floor employee who has a need to see what, is the, what are the hazards associated with the chemical, you don't have to go into a system and go figure out how to navigate the, uh, the maze to find your cheese uh, all in 30 seconds while you're trying to figure out do I, do I use, uh, you know, what kind of gloves do I use when I'm handling this, this particular uh, chemical product. I can go up to Jenny, the kiosk, and say, Jenny, I'd like the SDS for whatever it is that you want. And a couple of seconds later, Jenny responds with your, with, with your SDS and brings up a couple of other alternatives if she can't find the one you're looking for. So again, a very simple example, but it changes how, it's how we're interacting with technology. And I think Jenny's our approach to saying, even in the business world, there is a role for a virtual assistant. And that's on one side. The other side that we're really excited about is many of our EHS leaders and our functional leaders uh, can benefit from having Jenny be the, the, the voice that is your augmentation, your support person. It's no different than, you know, in the old days we used to have assistants who would help us with various things, but Jenny is uh, the modern day equivalent of uh, that bygone era and that, that that's no, that something we don't. Most of us no longer have access to, um, rightfully so. But uh, but now we have an assistant, a digital assistant that can figure all that stuff out. And this, we're just beginning the journey. I think uh, I expect we're, this is an investment we will be making over the next three to five years. And where this takes us is uh, just watch out, world. 
I think one of the most interesting aspects about Jenny is how we're taking feedback from those who use this virtual assistant now, and we're going to be using that feedback as stepping stones for future updates. Will this be a continuing trend of using subscriber feedback for future updates to our offerings? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, there's different commands that Makunda had talked about, just a couple examples with SDS, or being able to ask Jenny to provide a performance briefing where she can go in and pull some of the key information of key activities and things that are being managed in GenSuite and bring that out directly to a leader without the leader having to go access multiple reports or really go in and look at anything in GenSuite. So if you think about that, you know, frictionless engagement, if you will, for a leader or a user to be able to get in and get information and quickly engage with Jensui. It's really powerful. Um, so we have started to develop kind of some skills for Jenny as a starting point. And as McCun talked about during our uh, customer conference in May, we actually asked all of our uh, user community to provide suggestions on key skills that they would like uh, Jenny to learn and be able to to take action on. So we're using that really as a basis for developing out the skill sets. And, and I think, Natasha, you, you were looking at this, the, the data and it showed, uh, what, over the last month, over a thousand people yeah. tried out a Ask thousand, Jenny for things. Yeah, a thousand, thousand different hits um, engaging with Jenny on performance briefings, also asking about sharing more information about open action items, or even asking simple instructions on how to do things. So if you're a new user to GenSuite, GenSuite Jenny can be really, really powerful to be able to get you in and guide you to where you need to go. And I think another one of our innovations this year is how we integrated Tableau into our offerings. Um, can you speak about what Tableau is and what it's able to do for our users? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give a kind of a quick uh, intro to that, I think, as well, just as it relates to analytics in GenSuite. So, you know, when we started this endeavor with developing the GenSuite tools, you know, 20 years ago, um, we've always thought about kind of not only the process for managing a workflow or a program, but how site and overall business leadership can get information out of the system. So all of the GenSuite tools have inherent reporting and analytics capabilities that are really powerful, either within each of the application modules or presented to users through dashboards that they can create on their own. So this dimension of Tableau really has come out of feedback that we are getting from our user community on folks having the ability to access the GenSuite data, but also design and create their own analytic reports and to have a front end to do that. Um, so we did kind of some piloting and experimentation over the past couple years and really had an opportunity to do this integration with Tableau, which has been a huge game changer, um, I think, for our user base. Um, we showcased it in May at our all-customer conference, have been hosting uh, training sessions for designer and editor capabilities since that point, and have gotten a number of different businesses to actually set up some really great reports in Tableau. So this is really our... Um, call it our kickoff and inaugural year for uh, this integration with Tableau. And I'm really, really looking forward to the discussions on this at our customer conference in 2019 to showcase some great stuff that our subscriber community is doing. And again, adding on to that best practice sharing that we couldn't talk well, about I think, earlier. I think this is, this is another, another step in our relentless pursuit of 
individualization capabilities within this best practice uh, framework platform that we've built. Because what we heard from, from our subscribers was, these reports are fantastic and get whatever I want out of them, but they don't look like what exactly how I would want to see it. And that's, of course, you know, there are, I, I don't even want to say a million, there is an infinite number of variations on any report, as every functional leader will tell you, you know, whether between themselves and their management, we can tweak this and tweak this and tweak this, you know, forever. And for good reason, because obviously if you have a, if you have management that wants to look at something a certain way, if you want that decision maker to help you drive that decision, you got to present it in the way that they want to see it. So it is not a trivial request. It is in fact one of the most central requests to driving you know, operational engagement and performance excellence is I need to give you reports that you care about, that you can relate to. And the challenge for us is how do you build a best practice based platform that has all of that infinite number of variations? That's where Tableau comes in. And I think, uh, you know, we had Max Rutz from Delta speak at our all customer call in November. Um, and I think one of the things he shared was that he just about fell out of his chair when we told him that uh, we were going to include Tableau as part of our standard offering uh, for all subscribers. And his comment was, I don't know if all your subscribers know what kind of value this represents. And I guess he therefore decided he was going to get on the call himself and tell everybody personally that this was a huge benefit and a huge capability that wasn't to be ignored or dismissed lightly. That and actually, I don't think people are doing that. If we look at the people who are attending our uh, training sessions, uh, designer and editor training sessions. So I'm expecting in 2019, we'll continue that and we'll have a whole cadre of people out there who are gonna be Gen Suite Tableau super users. And uh, you know, they're, it's th in this day of data analytics and data science, uh, they're gonna be worth a bazillion bucks. <laughs> very soon because everybody's going to be banging the door down their door down saying can you help us visualize represent you know and tabulate this data for us um, and you know tableau is just right there for you so yeah i think kind of the, the thing that i recognize here and i think a lot of our subscribers are recognizing is that a lot of what we're about this tableau integration included is about effectively managing change and so you talk about that report designer um, these folks are dealing with lots of mergers and acquisition activity, operational changes internally, management structure changes, and now they have a mechanism where even though we've built 20 years of best practices, now they have a mechanism for them to respond to that change um, for that new type of report, new way of looking at things, new way to gather insights for their organization as it changes and responds to internal and external yeah, pressures. Absolutely. It's really exciting. So it sounds like to me that a lot of these projects that we're talking about now with Jenny, with Tableau, uh, they will continue on for years to come. But something that we've previously been working on is our application recharge, and this will continue on to 2019. Can you discuss what app recharge is, uh, what we've been doing in 2018, and what the future looks like in 2019? Uh, I was I was super impressed when in our November all-customer call we looked at the current status of app recharge, and it showed some 60 plus modules having been upgraded um, in, in a very short period of time. We kicked this off in this May of 2017 at our customer conference. We announced to our subscriber group that we were gonna embark on this, what we thought was gonna be a one-year mission. Uh, of course, we were optimistic and ambitious, 
uh, we thought that by short, surely by May of 2018 we will have it done. And then we opened the covers and we looked at the what what exactly GenSuite is, and Donovan, you put your finger on it. The comprehensiveness comes from having a broad array of modules, and uh, every module has its own life history built in, and you can't just go in and wave a magic wand and upgrade it. Um, so it was a very systematic effort. Um, I think one that our subscriber group has not only appreciated, but also been vitally important to and super engaged. And I cannot tell you how many thousands of feedback items we've received on each of these applications as we've been recharging them. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I think part of the reason why 2018 looks the way it does and the 75 new, new companies that have joined us have joined us is because we did that work in 2017 to recharge and suite. And the recharge wasn't just a bringing it to modern standards and that kind of stuff. It certainly was that, that was core principle, but it also involved really rethinking some parts of each of the application modules to say, you know, this is the business process we're trying to support. What could we do better here in terms of the look and feel, the user experience, the user interfaces? So it was, it was more than just, you know, putting some perfume on, the old, on an old application. It, it required fundamentally rewiring it. Um, so, you know, we still, we still have some ways to go. So one first part of your question, John, is that uh, uh, what I'd love to say we're done and we can look to the future. We're not yet done, but we are looking to the future. And I expect that by, well, our new target is that by May of 2018, when we have our next conference, May 8th, 9th in Cincinnati, or 7th through 9th in Cincinnati, uh, I'm hopeful that we will be able to announce that we are 100% done on on application recharge for all our modules. Um, I suspect that there will be some, some things that we'll continue to work on. There are a lot of business things that we've built for individual subscribers that we will need to work with them over time uh, to bring them all up to speed. Uh, but I expect our core platform and everything that's broadly supported and, and uh, um, offered to be upgraded. So that's the one part. And then what we're doing, uh, I think, I mean, Donovan, you can probably comment to, for example, ODS Sentinel, right, where we are upgrading, recharging the module, but we're also building in other things that need to be done. So we're trying to, we're trying to now use recharge to be really the product roadmap. Yeah, and it's, um, I think the, the way to think about the recharge is, not this one-time thing that's going to end. It's, it's I consider it uh, just a snapshot in our history of continuous improvements and continuous innovation. And you know, in some cases, like you mentioned there, with refrigerant management and the requirements that are coming down next year with that one, it's, it provides an opportunity for us to open the hood and improve the look and feel, but also take care of some application-specific innovation roadmap items that have been important to our customers as well. I think the other benefit um, that's come out of Recharge is the engagement that the user community has with mobile. I know that we had talked about um, a couple weeks back that there are about 60,000 downloads of the GenSuite uh, app, and I think Recharge has really contributed to folks having a more streamlined, easy user experience on the mobile front and has also opened up a lot of opportunities for us to continue on the frontier tech side. Because I think the capabilities of what we talked about with Jenny and some things that we can do there, or you know, smart glass capability and inclusion in with tablet and mobile devices and Gen Suite, um, really all kind of come off of what we did with recharging and refreshing the application module architecture. So 
So one of our projects that looks like it's a little bit more in the future is with smart glasses. And we've been teasing smart glasses a little bit in 2018. We have some companies that are piloting this technology. Uh, but can you tell me a little bit about what the future of smart glasses look like and, of course, um, our other frontier technology? Sure, John. If I could take some liberties there, it's, you know, I can speak a little bit to smart glasses, but just more broadly as well. I think one thing that it reminds me of is you know, going back 20 years ago to our core mission. Our core mission has always been to deliver value as best we can at the shop floor level and in the field. Um, to help those folks do their jobs and do them better. And that, I think, remains today, and that is reflected in our innovation strategy for smart tech and smart glasses and all these things. You know, I think the one thing I've also noticed over the years is that you know, safety comp and compliance um, over the years has always, um, I think in some ways, folks have felt like this a standalone function. And I think with Frontier Technology, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for them, uh, folks that are managing safety and compliance, to truly... Um, integrate themselves with the operations of a company in ways that maybe they never have before. And I think we're seeing that, for example, with smart glasses. So we've been doing some pretty cool projects this year um, to basically put smart glasses on the heads of folks out there, operators in the field, to do simple things like preventing auditors from having to fly around the world. Now they can suddenly do audits remotely through uh, the eyes and ears of somebody that's there at the site without having to travel. So it's simple things like that, but it's even more sophisticated things like now suddenly um, being able to um, carry out a lockout tagout procedure through a heads-up display. So now you have insights and intelligence that is sitting within GenSuite now made available in a hands-free form factor for an operator that may not know anything about that procedure. So um, I think you know with the work we're doing there and then also um, we're working with an oil major uh, right now on an auditing application or scenario where they're going to be in some dangerous situations doing hands-free audits um, with a GenSuite uh, mobile-enabled um, audit workflow um, embedded into their process there. So some pretty cool stuff, but again, I think bottom line for us is it's an extension, as Natasha mentioned there, of our overall mobile strategy. We've been investing in mobile for over 10 years now, and we see a lot of this smart tech, frontier tech, as an extension of that overall strategy to, again, get at the shop floor level, in the field, delivering value real time for folks and giving them an easier way through different form factors, whether it's Ginny and the voice enabled or through a heads up display where they can work hands free, just new and creative ways for folks to engage Gen Suite and help them deliver value um, at that level. Yep, absolutely. I think this is, <clears throat> I think you nailed it, Donovan. This is really about taking management systems and bringing them to the front line and to, to, the, to where the rubber meets the road. Uh, too often you have management systems that are well-intentioned, well-designed, but never make, never see the light of day because they are, they're sitting inaccessible and, and, and sort of unapproachable to the people that they're supposed to serve. <clears throat> and that's probably, probably part of the reason why management systems get this kind of weird look in people's eyes when they hear that. And it's not, it's not anything complicated. I know Allison, Montgomery from uh, Harris, the HS leader there, HS director at uh, Harris Corp, spoke at a conference I was at a couple of weeks ago, and I thought she did a really amazing job of highlighting, you know, why management systems are so critical to driving performance and driving really 
tangible value at the front line for whether it's injury reduction, sustainability, environmental compliance, it doesn't matter. It's basically how we do things, right? So that's what a management system is. But it's how we do things reproducibly, efficiently, effectively, reliably, you know, in a robust way. And that's not simple. It, you can certainly tell people, this is how we do it, but how do you make sure that they will do this? And how do you see that they get value? And how do you drive continuous improvement in that? That's where, that's why GenSuite was innovated in the first place, because it was peers in that community who sat down with us and said, hey, let's figure out if there's a way to do this in such a way that we can bring this, bring, you know, carry that water to the front line, if you will. Uh, Frontier Tech and what we're doing there is a perfect example of that. And you know, as we see the use, the growing use of sensors and all kinds of other devices that are going to show up to, to protect people, we see that as being hugely beneficial to the management system, obviously, because ultimately you want to gain from that knowledge and expertise and experience and the value of those of that frontier technology on the front line. But you want to do it in a sustainable way so that it's not just about you having bought this sensor is now helping 500 people or 50 people or whatever it is. But you want to gain from that more broadly so that enterprise-wide you can, you can see what the lessons of that are and what, how do you flow that back out. It's a little fuzzy, but you know, there, what my point is there's much more value than just what that sensor can do at its point at the point of action. And if you miss that, then you are, you know, you're, you're not capitalizing on the full, va full enterprise value of that investment. And we believe that GenSuite can be your partner in achieving, you know, the maximum value, generating the maximum value and yield from those sensors. So we're not going to be creating the sensors. We're going to be partnering with people who are putting those devices out, just like smart glasses. There are lots of folks doing great work on smart glasses. What we want to do is to partner so that you can take your auditing system, if that's your management system for you know, using these glasses, and then tying it in so that ultimately you're benefiting from whatever you're doing there such that corrective actions are tracked and they're assigned. Because the audit's just a means to an end. So if you lose sight of that, then you, you haven't really gained the full value. The value comes from having a full chain and that management system working to deliver the results. Great. Uh, so I think we just have one more question here. And um, well, GenSuite is about a lot of things. It's about uh, health. It's about safety. It's about compliance. And we know with compliance that it is an uphill battle. It's always changing from year to year. Uh, where do we see 2019 going with changes in compliance? And how are we able to keep up with that change? Yeah, I, mean, I can. <clears throat> Share a few comments on this one to get us started, I suppose. But you know, McCundy touched on it earlier. I think from an environmental standpoint in the US, the EPA has put out some new rules, updated rules for refrigerant management. So um, you know, we it's just another case where we're working with our subscriber work group there to help them address some very specific um, jurisdiction specific um, requirements. And we're going to do that through the tools to help them make sure that they're, first of all, delivering compliance, but with an eye towards, um, you know, greater excellence from a process standpoint. We're, we're never about just meeting the, the compliance requirements alone. It's, it's always been about, you know, taking one step beyond that and, and trying to, to deliver a, a more excellent process as a whole. I think beyond that, just generally speaking, um, from a sustainability standpoint, um, I know I saw this at the environmental leader conference earlier this year. And I know Natasha, you made a comment earlier about 
um, what you saw at the, the name conference uh, this year as well. But you know, sustainability is now on the radar of the investment community, um, which is, is, is new. Uh, it never been in the past to, to the extent it is now. And so now when you have investment firms looking at sustainability measures with the same uh, rigor and visibility as financial measures, now you're starting to see organizations wake up and realize, wow, we need to get our sustainability house in order in the same way that we do the financial aspects as well. And I think lastly, um, from a global product compliance stewardship standpoint, um, this is an area that just continues to proliferate. Um, you know, with you know, years and years ago when we first started working on things with like REACH and then past couple years with the passing of Dodd-Frank with conflict minerals and now Europe um, looking at their own uh, variation on, on conflict minerals or responsible sourcing. Um, we're now seeing a lot of regulatory drivers globally that are impacting supply chain as well as the operations of the site as they're doing business in these countries. Um, and so I think you're going to see continue to see that proliferation. But I think, John, beyond the environmental um, drivers and regulatory drivers, you also see a lot of customer pressures as well. Um, and that's from a product standpoint, sustainability standpoint as well. So you know, now you have big companies out there that have massive supply chains and they're driving a lot of their requirements down and they frankly have just as much impact, if not more impact, than the regulatory drivers in a lot of cases. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, the other big thing that's, that drives us is our subscriber group. Um, we, we, have, we have really the, the privilege of working with some phenomenally um, experienced uh, folks out in our user group, and they feel it is their, uh, it, is, it is the perfect opportunity in many cases to bring GenSuite in and, and help uh, think through that. So one of the areas that I know we'll be looking at in 2019 is really integrating more of the human organizational performance components, the HOP components as they call it. Um, and and it's, not, it's not new, but it's certainly getting a very, very more and more play within the safety uh, space for sure, but safety and environmental uh, probably. Um, and next year, you know, our goal is to really work with with companies, you know, thought leaders in HOP, and start building out the right kind of capability so that we're we're matching the evolution in that thought process on how do you drive safety and environmental performance better. And I know we <clears throat> we talked about this from primarily an environmental health and safety perspective, but obviously we have a number of subscribers too in other compliance functions outside of EHS, whether it be quality, you know, sourcing, security, et cetera. And along the same lines, McCunn really partnering with them to identify what are the key themes and things that are coming through in terms of priorities and partnering and seeing if there are some opportunities to develop some consortium projects surrounding that. Absolutely. And it's been really exciting to see how through our connections with our uh, environmental and quality leaders who have been our original uh, you know, user group, if you will, uh, we've been able to now extend further into areas like uh, you know, MedCare, our new module in occupational health, uh, enabling uh, um, enterprise level clients to be able to manage in a, in a streamlined and integrated fashion without having a very heavy, um, complicated bureaucratic uh, system um, as, was, as is typical. Um, and, and on the other side, for example, in the maintenance management world, uh, we're seeing you know, the, the, the expansion of our 
um, safety and, and permit critical maintenance activities, that's really what drove us to get in get involved in the asset and equipment management space. And it's really cool to see that as those leaders have driven those programs, perhaps with an initial focus on just the safety and permit critical uh, requirements, but we've built in QR codes, we've built in the ability for you to use um, you know, RFIDs if you wanted to, and, and a, whole, a whole range of other things. And now what we're seeing is that, that, that you know, the, the, uh, the discussion's been joined now, because now we have maintenance leaders coming to us saying, <clears throat> this looks great, I see that we're using it for safety and permit critical stuff, what about the rest of it? And the answer is yes, and that's why we innovated the maintenance manager module, which, which I expect we will continue to expand in 2019. It's looking like 2019 is gonna be a pretty big year. We're already making a resolution to um, try to get the app recharged by May 2019, but personally, just to end off here, do you guys have any personal New Year's resolutions? I mean, it's just a few weeks away. John, you're really putting on the pressure here. <laughs> um, uh, well, from a from a personal front, I guess for me, um, we have a, a couple little kids at home, and our daughter has been uh, challenging us to push boundaries and try new things. So her her latest thing she's exploring is rock climbing. So I think that's going to be um, quite a bit in our future. So my husband and I are going to need to get in shape and start that process of rock climbing. <laughs> we'll see how see how I do. I'll have more to report <laughs> in 2019. Little family innovations, yes. Natasha. I can put you to some good crags down in uh, Red River Gorge, Kentucky. Excellent. Um, Stay alive. Just <laughs> like a CEO. <laughs> um, as one that's never done a New Year's resolution, um, perhaps I will resolve this year to have a resolution. Well, that's a cop out, Donald. Come on now. That's a start. That's a start. How about I just take you rock climbing? Yeah, there you go. There you go. I resolved uh, to help Natasha up the wall. Yes. Uh, well, I, I think for 2019, actually, what I what I want to do is to figure out more about machine learning and and how to integrate that into into where you know the world is going. So I want to think a little bit more about actually trying to do some useful work finally. So if you're talking about work-related stuff, I'll add on then to that, which is machine learning, but you know, getting towards kind of the whole discussion on predictive analytics, which we've had before. I mean, Tableau and a lot of the work that we're doing now is a incredibly important foundational component to that, but how we can start thinking about leveraging machine learning and some of that other technology to get it at assisting our subscriber community in those objectives as, as well. Yeah, I think along the same lines, I think from a broader frontier tech standpoint, I think we turned the corner this year at our May conference um, in terms of people moving from curiosity to sincere interests. And I think you know, one thing that's at a personal level that I would like to help folks do is to help make that transition in terms of their thinking and where that value can, can really help them um, at the shop floor and in the field, so. Yeah, and I think that's <clears throat> why, that's why uh, our 2019 conference is aptly named Breaking Through, because um, the whole idea, I think, really encapsulate, encapsulates what you said, which is it's great to talk about a bunch of stuff, but how do you break through and actually put it to, put it to practice and actually get value out of it, right? I mean, I think going back 10 years, we, we thought the same with mobile, and it's fantastic to see 
that our app now has a you know rating of 4.2 on the in the iOS app anyway in the App Store, and it's a reflection of the fact that people are saying this is useful to me. This is useful to me in the business world doing what I do. And you know what? Many of those people are using devices that are their own personal devices. They're not company issue. They're personal devices being used to get work done. Uh, and it's more than just doing responding to email on a Saturday. It's actually going out doing inspections, you know, identifying hazards, closing, you know, recurring obligations, uh, completing maintenance tasks. All of that stuff that people are doing um, is a reflection of the fact that we broke through on the on the mobile side after a good what ten years of effort, right? More to do, more capabilities, but it's we certainly broke through. Now on the frontier tech, we're going to bro- break through similarly. So the concept of smart glasses isn't just cute thing that you walk around whatever. It's actual. Hey, this works. It delivers value, and it generates results. Isn't that awesome, right? I think the true test to measure all that will be when we have users that say that's the only way we do it, right? So, you know, a big shout out and props to King, uh, Kim Willingham at NBC Universal and the Comcast team there because they, he actually made the switch to doing everything mobile related on Gen Suite a couple of years ago and, you know, made, made that commitment and has done a phenomenal job engaging and doing his day to day activities through mobile. So, Hopefully he'll be our next, one of our next uh, users that engages on the frontier tech side and making that a day-to-day reality. So I think probably a, a, a good 2019 year, new year resolution for us is just to keep up with our subscriber group because they push us to, to, to new heights every year. I expect 2019 to be no different and it's, it's, always, a, it's always a challenge to make sure that we're meeting their expectations and, and holding up to their standards that they've set for us. It sounds like we're all really looking forward to the year 2019. Uh, But in the meantime, this is going to conclude the final episode of The Voice of Gen Suite for 2018. I want to thank you all for recording with me today. I think this really turned out great. Uh, I I will try to get you in front of the microphones yet again in the year 2019. Uh, But for now, to all of our listeners, thank you for listening. And we hope to see you again next year. Thank you, John. 